Hello and welcome back to the EMG podcast. If you haven't listened to any of our previous episodes, because I haven't been in some of them in a while, my name is Sen Boyassi and I'm the head of publishing here at the European Medical Group. And today I'm joined by Louise Rogers, who is our content and editorial assistant. Hi, Louise. Hello. You okay? Yeah, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So I wanted to have a talk with you today about China and the pharmaceutical industry, just because I know that you've recently written an article on China from one of the panel discussions at the FT event, uh, I believe it was in November. And I also know that you've recently spoken with Victoria Elegant, who is the VP and head of the medical division of Amgen Asia Pacific. And she's actually going to be our catalyst interviewee for the next issue, which is going to be out at the end of February. But could you just start by telling us a bit about this focus on China currently uh, within the pharmaceutical industry? Yeah, I, I, I loved writing this article. I thought yeah. it was great. I loved listening to the FT panel and China's just a fascinating nation. And it has seen huge growth in the last 30 years. And that's in every industry and it applies to pharma as well. And I read recently the other day that by 2030, the healthcare industry in China is set to be worth two trillion wow. American dollars. Wow. Trillion. That is insane. That is insane. And, and do you know what has fueled all of this growth in, in, in China? So I think there are a few things. I think because of their political reform situation, China mm-hmm. have had to play catch up. And they've had to do this pretty quickly because of their um, increased population. They've got an aging population now as well mm-hmm. and their economic boom. And they're beginning to inherit the, the health issues that come with being a rich and aging population. So there's that. And then more recently in 2012, at the start of Xi Jinping's presidency, he instated the Made in China 2025 strategy. Mm-hmm. And this was essentially to bring China to greater growth with a main focus on the pharma and the biotech industry. So drug regulatory reform changes in 2015 were implemented to review and improve China's review process and encourage efficiency and innovation. And since then, they've had this massive intake of drug reviewers at the Center for Drug Evaluation in China. And also the country has introduced a priority review pathway. And this is for drugs that meet an unmet medical need. Mm -hmm. And I think that the main signal for foreign companies to start investing in China and working there is that they scrapped the requirements to perform an additional clinical trial for drugs that have already been approved in other countries. So they're getting a lot more friendly to foreign investment and a lot more friendly to drug development within the country. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think China accounts for 20% of AstraZeneca's global sales. Oh, 20%. Wow. I know it's a big country, but that's still quite a big number. Massive chunk, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you're definitely right in saying that China are now open for more foreign investment. But thinking about the news and, and kind of mentioning the, about China's trade war with the US, Do you think there is perhaps a risk of protectionism and the risk of China putting up boundaries in a way between domestic and international companies? And and this is me just presuming from what I'm reading and and hearing in the news. I mean, I think it's a a little bit difficult for me to say. I'm not an expert, (laughs) but I think to some extent, I think a lot of nations do have some form of protectionism for their own country, Mm -hmm. um, saying that in order to be successful in anything, you have to be open-minded and you have to have that across industry knowledge. You can't isolate yourself. Um, At the FT event you mentioned earlier, Christian Hogg, who's the CEO of Chimed, 
And TeamEd are actually really interesting because at the end of 2018, they got the first approval from Chinese regulators of a homegrown drug in China. And he was talking about China and the pharmaceutical industry. And he was saying how he's just seen protectionism melt away over the last 15 years. Mm. And I think if there is a therapy out there that will change the lives of millions, I think that's more important than any tariff. That is true. And I, I couldn't agree more with you on that one. One more thing, as you mentioned the FT again, I just remembered because I actually sat in on that talk. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was mentioned by a Chinese pharma company, I, I c- can't remember who it was exactly, um, but I remember distinctly that they mentioned one of the challenges they have is talent, uh, particularly when it comes to attracting talent such as medical affairs, because it's not a common skill or expertise area within the Chinese pharmaceutical market. So often what they end up doing is collaborating with other companies or recruiting those skills externally. Um, And obviously, I know that you've spoken with Victoria Elegant from Amgen recently. I was just wondering whether that was something that you guys touched on as as talent overall in in the Chinese market. Yeah, we did. We did speak quite a bit about it because as well as being the head of medical for Amgen, Uh, She is also the president for the Asia-Pacific Medical Affairs Professional Society. And she was saying how this is one of the main topics they talk about and they bring up and, you know, try and improve on. And I think Asia Pharma has been very dominated by commercial channels, especially in Japan and India. But China are a lot more open to medical affairs now Mm -hmm. and they are becoming, uh, becoming a lot more open to it. She was saying how the government have put in incentives for medical affairs professionals who have gone outside China and who have gone to different countries to develop their skills, Mm. how they've put incentives for them now to come back. And they are very open to doing so. You know, they want to come back. They want to give something back to their nation. Mm -hmm. So I think that medical affairs is coming to China. And I think, you know, watch watch this space. I think we're going to have (laughs) some talent there um, soon. Fantastic. Yeah, I think, I mean, just you know, writing the article, I think it's quite, I don't know, you can't help but think that in industry and in pharma, especially like all roads are sort of, as the saying goes, all roads are leading to China at the moment. Yeah, it it is in many, many areas, uh, not just pharma, but that is fantastic. Thank you so much. And and thanks for joining me today, Louise. I quite look forward to reading that article. And for those of you who aren't aware, the next issue of Gold is published on the 28th of February. So if you want to subscribe, go on www.emg-gold.com. You will then find the article that Louise has written about China, along with the interview uh, with Victoria Elegant. Uh, so if you would like to find out a bit more or want to share all of this with, uh, with someone who would be interested in that, please do go ahead and do so. That's it from us today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this and I look forward to speaking with you again very soon, Louise. See you too.